0: Amen. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we are so grateful today that you love us, uh, that you desire for us to know you. And if we are awake, we will hear your voice. If we are asleep, we will not. I pray today that we will have open hearts and minds and ears as we turn to your word together. Lord, uh, get me out of the way, and may your word be lifted up so that all of us will know you. And we will know your son, Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Sleep is one of the greatest blessings that we have in life, isn't it? <laughs> Can I hear all the teenagers and college students say amen? Amen. Oh, uh, yeah. How little sleep we get sometimes. After hard day's work, it's so great to be able to, to just drop in the bed and fall off to sleep. And if you're not plagued by a lot of stressful issues in your life, and you got your mind just still worrying, it's really nice just to relax and drop off, isn't it? It's a great blessing in life. Not now, of course. Nobody sleep right now, but later on. <laughs> Physical sleep is a good thing. What is sleep? Well, according to the dictionary, here we go. Sleep is a naturally recurring state characterized by reduced or absent consciousness relatively suspended sensory activity, and inactivity of nearly all voluntary muscles. (laughs) In other words, sleep is a subconscious state we enter into when our minds are at rest. During sleep, we suspend a lot of our other activity, our conscious thinking, a lot of our actions of our bodies. Although your body still may move in sleep, you're not really aware of that. You're not in charge of that. And when we sleep, we're very likely to lose touch with reality, very likely to dream or even fantasize. So physical sleep is a good thing. Our bodies need that rest that comes when sleep comes. But mental sleep is not so good. Spiritual sleep is even worse. Metaphorical sleep we're talking about here. Mental sleeping is when you aren't paying attention It's when things go by you and you miss them because you were distracted or you were daydreaming or you were were, uh, just off on a journey out of that room wherever you were at the time. It means that you lose out on something you could have benefited from, something that could have profited you. The Bible story that we're going to look at this morning is not a normal story for Resurrection Day, for Easter Day. It's not one of the resurrection accounts. It's actually earlier in Jesus' life. And I want to go back to Luke chapter 9. And I want us to read about an event in Jesus' ministry that only three disciples saw, Peter, James, and John. The Bible story that we look at this morning is, is uh, this story about people who got sleepy and almost missed something very important. I want us to turn to Luke nine twenty-eight. This is the story of Jesus' transfiguration. Now, don't be scared by that big word. It simply means he was transformed. The way that he normally looked as a human being to these disciples changed, and they had the opportunity to see him in his glory as he really is, as the Son of God, as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords. And Jesus lit up with the glory that only the Son of God has. And Peter, James, and John nearly slept through it. They nearly missed it. Please follow along as I read from Luke 9. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, or John, and James with him, and he went up onto a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. And they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. So you see this scene that Luke is painting. While Jesus is praying and maybe going on for even hours in prayer, his whole appearance suddenly changed. His brilliance, his glory were as bright as lightning. And then suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared beside Jesus, also in brilliance and glory. It seems like no one could have missed such a display of glory, but the disciples nearly did so. Look at verse 32. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. So Peter, James, and John have this opportunity to see Jesus as he really is He showed himself as the king of kings and lord of lords. And they saw him standing there talking with Moses and Elijah, two of these greatest men of God from the past. They were talking about Jesus' departure from earth after he accomplished the mission that he was on earth to accomplish. Notice exactly how Luke says it here in verse 32. He says, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but after they had become fully awake, they saw his glory. Now, maybe Jesus had been praying for a long time. They got bored because they weren't used to praying that long. Perhaps they hadn't slept very well the last two nights before this, and and so they were sleep-deprived, and they just couldn't help themselves. But Luke says that they were very sleepy, so sleepy, that this brilliant light almost didn't wake them up. Once they did come fully awake... Peter said, even as Moses and Elijah are leaving, you know, they're walking away, and he now he's talking about all three of them still. Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then Luke just comments, maybe in your English book it's, it, Bible it's put in parentheses, just, he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> this is Peter. Remember, this is Peter. This Peter is so impulsive, Peter that sticks his foot in the mouth all the time. Peter is the one who, who always speaks before he thinks about it. Everybody in this room just like that? Anybody willing to admit it? Maybe you could admit it for the person next to you. Yeah, they're like that. <laughs> they, just, they just get their, their mouth ahead of their brain all the time. You know, it blurts out. And, oh, whoa, whoa, I didn't mean to say that. And that's how Peter is. I want you to notice two things about this. First of all, we've already noted that these disciples are very sleepy. In that mental state where they could have missed things that were very important. They didn't realize Jesus' glory and what God was doing until they woke up, until they got fully awake, Luke says. Notice, secondly, that even when they were fully awake, even when they had all their faculties about them, when they're thinking, still they could misunderstand. And Peter blurts out something that's not even what God was driving at. Peter, who is so impulsive, once again sticks his foot in his mouth. But couldn't we do the same? Couldn't we misunderstand just as easily? Here, even as Moses and Elijah started walking away from him, he's blurting out, this is great, Lord. He says, this is like the best place I've ever been. Let's go up on this mountain, let's just stay here, we'll build three shelters, we'll live here forever, we're just going to enjoy you and Moses and Elijah, and we've got the big three now here, Lord, this is great, let's just live here forever, that's the idea. And suddenly this voice of God booms out of heaven and says, no, you got it wrong, this is my son, this is the one that I've chosen, listen to him, here's Moses, obviously uh, someone that the Jews would, would uh, respect and revere. He's a guy that brought the law to them. He's a the guy that introduced the sacrificial system to them. Everything that has been the standard, thing that they have, they've kind of controlled things for Judaism for over a thousand years came through this guy named Moses. And now they get to see him with their own eyes. Well, what a great treat that must have been for them. And yet God says, don't listen to Moses. Listen to Jesus. He's my son. Listen to him. And then here's Elijah, one of the greatest prophets who ever lived. He he probably could represent well all the other prophets who ever spoke for God, all the other messengers. He had miracles to his credit. He had lots of things going on in his life. And yet God says, don't worry about Elijah. Here's my son, the one I chose. Listen to him. And listen to him alone. Something about this scene kind of reminded me about Hebrews and the way the book of Hebrews opens up the first few verses Hebrews it says in the word of God in the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he, the Son, had, had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus was not like all the other prophets, not like all the other messengers that God had sent. He was God himself. He was God in the flesh. Now, a lot of people like to include Jesus in their, their array of great people of God, people that spoke for God, prophets, uh, philosophers, you know, everybody put up on that list. And Jesus normally appears in a lot of lists like that. To them... Jesus is a great prophet or teacher from the past, and, and he came upon the uh, human uh, history scene and, and uh, some of the things he said is still stand around and, and people will say, "Wow, look at how he changed the world by the things He introduced, the things that he said. And yet Jesus to them is just one. Of the greatest, not the greatest. He doesn't stand alone. He is just one of many such prophets and teachers. But God makes it clear here that Jesus alone is to be reckoned with. Jesus alone is to in the one and two. We put our put our faith, put our trust. It's not Jesus plus someone else. It's not Jesus plus anything else. What is important is Jesus and Jesus alone. So I want to ask you this morning. Are you asleep or are you awake? Not right now. Some of you may have already fallen asleep, but I don't see anybody with their eyes closed. But are you asleep or awake mentally? Are you asleep or awake metaphorically, spiritually in your life? Are you listening to God? Are you listening to Jesus? Sleep's a funny thing. (laughs) Sleep can do funny things to us. I, I had a dream one night. It was a horrible dream, really. While I was sleeping, I dreamt that my arm uh, was lost. And it's interesting, I have an arm injury right now. But but I lost this arm in my dream. A horrible accident. My my arm was, was cut off. Now, it's kind of gross to say, but that's what happened. Well, I didn't know it, but I'd fallen asleep with my arm up over my head. So it had gone to sleep, we say. There was no feeling. It was totally numb. I didn't know where my hand was, and I woke up having just dreamt that I had lost my arm in this accident, and that was on my mind, and I remember vividly waking up, oh no, where's my arm? And I'm reaching all around where I couldn't feel it because it was back here. And so I'm like, oh no, it's true, I lost my arm. (laughs) And then I moved up my body and I found myself, oh, thank God, It's, it's still here, I still have it. Sleep can do some really strange things to us. Sleep's an interesting topic in the Bible. We see a lot of people sleeping in the Bible. This story about the disciples sleeping, the transfiguration. There was a story of the same three disciples sleeping in a most important, most critical time just... Some months later, at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying there. He knows that the betrayer is coming into the garden. He's going to be arrested, and he's going to be tried, and he's going to be crucified. And he's praying about that, he's praying that he'll be able to, to follow through on what God has done. Not my will, but yours be done. Remember that prayer? And three times he goes back to these guys, Peter, James, and John, and he says, can't you just stay awake? Can't you pray with me? This is the most critical time of my life. Can't you pray with me? And they keep falling asleep there again. There are many other examples of sleeping in the Bible. There's Jacob. Jacob fell asleep at a place called Bethel, house of God. He laid his head on a rock. I don't know why he used a rock for a pillow. And he awoke and he said, and after he woke up, he says, I, he says, the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. I didn't know it when I lay down, but I figured it out in my sleep. Samson slept, didn't he? both physically and mentally, while Delilah cut off his hair and took away his great strength that God had given him. In Acts chapter 12, it says Peter was sleeping when he was in prison. Herod had put him in prison intending to kill him. And uh, while he was sleeping in this prison, chained up, the angel came to him and he released his chains and, and he opened up the prison door and he marched him out of the prison. He went through gate after gate until finally he was clear out to the gates of the city. And finally he woke up at that point. So he's sleepwalking. And the angel says, hey, you you really are free. You're not in prison anymore. In Acts chapter 20, there's a guy named Eutychus that fell asleep. Paul was preaching all night long, and he was in his third-story window, it says, and sitting there listening, and he finally fell asleep, and he fell out of the window and was killed as he hit the ground. But Paul went downstairs and, and, through a miracle of God, raised him back to life. There's even a scene in which Jesus was sleeping, Jesus and his disciples were in a boat crossing the Sea of Galilee, and a storm came up, you remember? And Jesus is asleep in the stern of the boat, and they're all afraid that they're going to drown and die in this storm. And they wake him up and say, Master, don't you care that we're drowning? And Jesus got up, rose out of his sleep, and told the storm to calm down. (laughs) Just, Just stop. And saved everybody's life. Physical sleep is good, but mental sleep is not so good. It's not paying attention. It's living in a fog without direction, without aim, without purpose, and it's certainly without listening to God. It is not being aware of whatever God might be saying to you. God could be speaking to you, and you miss it because your mind isn't on God, because your heart isn't open to God. We're basically clueless. I want to ask you this morning, when is the last time you heard from God? When is the last time you really feel God got a message through to you? And he got it through very pointedly, so is unmistakable, undeniable. If it's been a long time, why? Why has it been so long since God spoke to you? Is it because he stopped speaking? Or is it because you stopped listening? That's what I want to know this morning. That's what we all need to know. Maybe we need to think about our own lives. And maybe it's because uh, we didn't want to hear what God had to say. We had our own plans. We had our own dreams. We had our own goals. And and God was going to get in the way of that. We knew what his message was going to be. We knew he was going to correct us, or he was going to discipline us, or he was going to say, you know, you need to stop that. That's not the best thing for you. And so we don't want to hear what God has to say. Maybe. Maybe he's going to call you to repent. Maybe he's going to demand that you obey him. It has a different path for your life. And you didn't want to hear that, maybe. Maybe that's why God hasn't spoken to you in a long time. But you see, that's just the thing. That's just the thing that I want you to think about this morning. When we miss what God has to say, we are robbing ourselves of the very best things we can have in this life. We are robbing ourselves of a relationship with God who knows us better than we know ourselves. A God who can give us a plan so much better than our plan. And when we stop listening and we fall asleep spiritually, we miss out on the greatest life we could ever have. We miss out on the new life that God could give us through Jesus Christ. We miss out on the relationship that God wants to have with each of us. And if we are not awake... If we're not listening, then we rob ourselves of everything Jesus alone can bring into our lives. Well, there's a lot of messages out there today. There's a lot of communication, a lot of information. We're barraged with that. We're having these messages kind of pound on us. You get in your car and your radio's going. And there's a bunch of messages. You get home and you turn on the TV or you, you get online and all these different things being sold and all these different ideas and all these different philosophies. And if we're not careful, we start hearing all of them equally and God gets lost in the mix. Jesus alone is the one worthy of our listening. Maybe we need to hear that same message that God gave to these three disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration so long ago. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Listen to him. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth as a helpless infant. He faced all the same temptations, all the same pain that we face, and yet was without sin. He lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death by going to the cross on our behalf. He went to the cross to pay for our penalties, the penalties we had incurred. And he gave his life because he loves us so much. You've heard that already testified to today in our songs and in communion meditation. And in the bread and the grape juice themselves, they testify to the sacrifice that he made. And then Jesus rose from the dead by his own power. Because death could not hold him, and he was victorious over sin and death, our arch enemies. And now he offers salvation to everyone who will believe, everyone who will put their faith in Jesus, everyone who will follow him. He offers, by grace, freedom, forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. Why? wouldn't you want to listen to someone like that? I don't know. I've never done this before, but we're going to watch the video we saw earlier a second time in the same service. Because maybe you'll be listening better this time, and we will hear better than the first time now that our hearts and our minds are open. So please take the time to watch the video again.